Good morning and welcome to Tuesday morning, July the 5th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we're in year C, proper week 10, which is the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Tuesday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Psalm passage, which comes from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And so we find ourselves in Psalm 82. So let me read that whole psalm, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 82. God presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. The gods know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High, but you will die like mere mortals. You will fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. This is the word of God for us. This psalm has a couple of unique features that are worth just highlighting and drawing out. The first one is that this is an unusual psalm because in the bulk of it, God is doing the speaking instead of like someone speaking on behalf of God. So we get God's voice in the midst of this psalm. So that's unusual. Uh, so we don't have to imagine what the psalmist was like experiencing when they were speaking on behalf of God or to or, or what's going on. Who are they speaking to? This is God relaying a message um, and through through a prophet, through a psalmist, uh, but it's God's direct voice. And so that's one unique feature. The second unique feature is we have to figure out how we're going to translate this word um, that the NIV, which I read from this morning, is the word for gods. Uh, the word is Elohim in uh, Hebrew, which is a word that's used to speak of God in other places, like in the first five books of the Old Testament. And so that's why... Some English translations say gods. Now, uh, NIV does something here where they put it in a lowercase g, of course, and then they put quotations around it just to highlight this interpretive tension that's going on here. What can we say? Like, is this the place where another place in the Old Testament where not so much a monotheism, but a monolatry is sketched out where there's many gods. And so what the God of Israel is calling his people to is not so much the idea that there's only one God, um, that he is the only one God, but that there are several gods and that he's asking them to only worship him and him alone. So that's one perspective is that this is a place where like a monolatry is, um, is going on instead of monotheism. Um, another perspective is, and this is something that we see in other Mesopotamian literature, is like this, there's a tether it seems from the leaders of tribes and peoples and nations and the gods in which they serve. That's why when you see some of these stories in the Old Testament that when a nation goes out to battle against another nation, they, they bring like an altar or they bring some sort of a significant symbol that the God is marching out with them. 
and that the person who leads these people, like they're not just speaking on their own, but they're consulting oracles, they're consulting prophets in order to be led by God, and so are their gods. And so perhaps what's going on here is not so much God is addressing other like, you know, minor gods, gods beneath God, um, but there's more of an announcement to the leaders of neighboring peoples, neighboring nations, neighboring tribes who are waging war against his people Israel. And so it's one and the same. They, When God announces judgment upon the gods, he's actually announcing judgment upon the leaders of these people who worship these false gods, right? And so lots going on here. And so what can we say? I think we could say like just the general theme of what's going on in the day before here in Amos, that um, God is concerned with what happens with worship in his world. And there's a time where there's like a forbearance. There's a time where there's a great patience from God. And there are times when God, uh, he just begins to dramatically move and want to do something. And so here it seems like God's patience has reached a point where now God feels like it's time to be more demonstrative. And so he announces calamity and judgment upon the gods and correspondingly the people that are connected to these gods. Where does this come from? Uh, I think maybe some of us uh, struggle with this view of God, the God who acts demonstrably in the earth. Perhaps we've grown up with this idea that, you know, the earth is being left alone. God is above or away and that we get to kind of figure things out on our own. This seems to be the common out-of-the-box vision of God in the Western world, particularly in democracies where we like to try to make our own rules and laws and maybe consult what people have said, maybe have times of prayer and mull this thing over in silence. But the impression is that uh, we're on our own and that God is more or less not really active in our world. What we see from the Bible is that no, the one creator God is obsessed with this world. This is a world that God loves and this God uh, wants to guide and direct. He wants to raise up leaders that are more justice oriented and fair and kind, uh, that he would like to see advancement with these values and a diminishing of other values because this is his garden. Like this is his world uh, that he's created and loves and he wants to redeem it from its mess. And so I wonder how, what you and I think about when we pray for national news when we pray for local issues do we pray like as if god is an absence um, that uh, we, we're simply praying for our leaders to make the right decisions or is it the other extreme uh, where we think that god is pulling the levers of all things right and um, whenever things bad happen it's because god is judging us or everything when good things happen it's because we have been faithful enough to receive blessing from God, right? Or maybe there's something in the middle like that our words can't quite contain. That God is allowing us to be his co-creators with him, and he's influencing us and the world around us. And it's a great mystery. And so what draws us to God is not so much that it's all ironed out and clear, but it is quite a mystery that we seek God's help and we turn towards one another trying to figure out how we can work together um, and to get along in public with one another, which is the heart of politics. And so this is an anxious political time here in the States. And um, I wonder how you and I will pray for this anxious time. Are we going to pray for, um, you know, some sort of a great uh, reversal of all things that uh, we don't like? Um, or are we going to pray that uh, God would govern us from, he's like really far away and man, it's only up to us if something is going to happen. Or is it something in the middle where 
We pray that no, what we find in Christ is a God who loves this world so much that he puts on human form in order to interact and to rescue and redeem us. And he's not away. He's still among us. And we should seek his wisdom. And we should seek his leadership and where he's going, like where he's moving this world. And as we try to discern that in community with one another, working in cooperation with people who may not totally agree with us, I think we discern God's will and a posture going forward. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Spirit, the Psalms convey that you reside in an assembly. There's an elaborate structure of how the world turns and works, that there is an unseen world that uh, we aren't, aren't privy to that belongs to you, but this world belongs to us. This world also belongs to you, a world that you love. God, our first request this morning is that you give us the same love and care for this world that you have for it. I pray that it'd be a gift to us and that it would begin to allow us to see things from a different perspective, a redemptive shape to all things. God, we're quite aware of all the issues that encumber our progress forward. We're aware of all the issues that divide us, that cause anger to rise up and people against people. But God, you call us to a better way of not seeking revenge, of not harboring our anger and our disagreement, but being people of peace, to be people of comfort who announce good news. God, we confess to you that we don't know the slightest thing on how to try to do that in a day like ours. We've never been in a place, in a situation like this before. So we seek your grace. We pray that you'd help us. Allow us to be those people of good news. And I pray that good news would be the greatest word that people hear today. And because of that, they would open up their eyes and their minds and their hearts to the God who announces this good news. So maybe in us and through us as we seek you today, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.